So the first Sunday we came, um, we walked up to the front door and there were people there greeting us. And so we felt welcome from getting to the front door. And then we came in, people greeted us as we came in. We came into the auditorium. Um, and then after church, more people came and greeted us. Uh, so we felt very, very welcome here. Um, and the whole time during the first service, I'm thinking in my head, I hope Andrew likes it. And he's thinking in his head, I hope Amy likes it. And uh, so when we got to the truck afterwards, we both talked about it and we both said how much we liked it and just felt welcome and, and at home. Our old church got us in the door here and then this church made it very clear like, hey, this is where, this is where God wants us to be. What I envision for Riverside is to continue to show God's love to the community and also to bring people into the church. Um, and I like how Riverside is growing, and so I, I envision for my kids, um, my son, he'll start youth group next year. Um, so I envision, you know, a, a making new friends and, and having that bond of, of people in youth group that you can grow up with. And my daughter too, she's younger, but uh, that's what I envision. That's one thing I love about this church is the people are really, we are here living, showing Jesus' love to the community, to people, to everyone else. And that's one of the most important things to me. We just, we went to the Conroe Church of Christ because some friends were like, hey, you want to come check it out? And we did. And we fell in love with it because we fell in love with the people. Because the people there were living the lives that we want to live. They're being, they're showing God's love to everybody. They're, they're just good. Christian people who want to care about others, who want to help others, and then coming here, here, you know, it's the it's the same thing. It's just in a different location. It's the same type of people who care, who want to make their world a better place, make the community a better place by just showing that love like we've been talking about. Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome to Riverside. I'm so glad all of you are here today. I'm really glad you're here today because I believe today is going to be another big day in the life of our church. Today is Commitment Sunday. Some of you think, oh, what in the world is that? We'll tell you more about it as we go along. We're in the middle of this series called Something Bigger. And as you might have figured out, this is connected to a, a capital campaign that we are we are doing and, and we're really praying and asking in these days for God to do something bigger in us and through us than we could ask, dream, or imagine. And there's been so many stories. I've shared some of them with you. There's really too many to, to tell. So many stories of how we see God working and moving in so many hearts and lives in this church and through this church, in this community. It's so encouraging. And I, this is just another way we're seeing God move and, and stir in the hearts and lives of so many of, of you, so many of the people who make up this church you are part of our faith family here so this morning let me tell you some of you may have been here last week and you got a commitment card maybe you forgot to bring it back maybe you weren't here last week I want to ask some of our friends to just make their way around the room and, and make sure everybody has the commitment card if you if you are a guest here let me just say there's no obligation and no expectation for you to do anything with this uh, just hang on to it and look at it and you can take notes on it or whatever you want to do with it um, if you're a part of our faith family here we would love for you hopefully you've been thinking and praying about what you can do to be a part of this 
campaign. I, I wanna tell you, I wanna just remind you, really no gift is too small. What this is about is us coming together as a church, believing that God can do something for us together, something bigger than we could ask, dream, or imagine. And if you haven't had a chance to fill this out yet, I would love for you to do that while, while we talk today. And then at the end of the message, we're gonna have a, have a really special moment to collect these. And let me go ahead and tell you what that's gonna look like. We'll go ahead and kind of begin with the end in mind. Uh, in a few minutes, when we uh, finish with the message, I'll invite everyone to stand, as I always do. And at that moment, I'll invite our elders to come uh, to the front and they'll be standing right here in front of this beautiful display we have set up. And as Zach and Chad and our, our worship band come back and lead us in some songs, I would love for you to come forward and, and, and just give these cards to one of our elders. Feel free in that moment to just give handshakes and hugs, fellowship, take a moment to greet each other and see each other. Bring those cards forward. They'll put those cards in this lantern here, which I love this. What a, what a beautiful idea, right? That, that as we bring our, our gifts and offerings to God, it's gonna allow the light of Christ to shine even brighter through us, maybe brighter than it's ever, ever been able to shine before. And we wanna fan that flame today. So if you're a part of this church, a member of this church, you've been praying and thinking about this, Bring that card forward at this time. If you were a part of our early commitment group and you've already given, feel free to just bring a blank card up. We want everyone to participate in this moment. If you're a guest here, don't bother with this card at all unless you want to just bring a blank one up. But you're welcome to come up and meet one of our elders and shake their hand and give them a hug if you would like to. That's totally fine. This is just a moment of fellowship for our church to come together and to bring our gifts to God together. And just a reminder, again, no gift is too small. We're just dreaming about what, would, what could happen if we all leaned in together in faith, in love, in this idea that, that not only can God do something bigger than we could ask, dream, or imagine, but that God wants to do in us and through us something, something so much bigger. And I can tell you already, I believe this is true. God has something bigger in mind for us than we have in mind for ourselves. And, and we're seeing that already in some different ways. And I can't wait to see how that happens again today. But before we do any of that, I wanna begin with a question. And honestly, it's a question we should probably ask and answer before we turn in these commitment cards. Not that I'm trying to, to put any pressure on anyone to change your commitment or to give more, anything like that. This is not about that. This is just a good question, right? That we probably need to ask and answer before we, before we do something like this. And it's simply this question. What would you give to God if you were not worried about money? Think about that. What would you give to God if you were not worried about money. Can I make a confession? I worry about money sometimes, I do. I'm probably the only one, anybody else besides me? Just me, that's good, okay, good to know. Me and Craig, okay, good. Thank you, Craig, for that sign of support. Yeah, uh, my guess is all of us on one level or another at different times in our lives, we either have worried about money, we are worried about money, or we know that one day it's gonna be a problem, right? We're looking at our retirement account, we're like, I don't know. And so we're just thinking about this all the time. There's always this, this fear out here, this worry out here. Back in, back in July, there was a global, like worldwide survey done, right? And, and it was this year, so just a few months ago. And let me tell you, the top three things they discovered that people around the world are worried about. Number one was inflation. Can I get an amen, right? Inflation. Number two, poverty and social inequality. Yeah. And number three, unemployment. That's people around 
the world. In September, so just a, a, what, a month ago, another survey was done right here, just in, just in America, in the, in the United States, right? This was done, uh, the, 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 the Mind Over Money survey was put out by Capital One and the Development Lab, and they discovered this, that 77% of Americans are, are worried about their current financial situation. Now, my guess is I didn't have to bring any statistics or any surveys to, to convince anyone in the room that there are people in the world, people in this country, people in our community, some of us in this room that are worried about money. We get that. We live in a world where people are worried about having money, about having enough money, about providing for themselves, about providing for those that they love. We live in a world where so many people are so caught up in so much stress and anxiety and worry. And and just to be clear, what we're talking about today we're not talking about the kind of worry and anxiety that rises up to, to what we may say is an excessive level above what might be considered normal for, for most people, right? There are people, in, and I want you to know, if it's you or someone you love who struggles with anxiety, with worry in, in, in a big way, hey, I, I mean, we love you, we understand, we get that. There is help, there is hope. We have some experience with that in our own family in some different ways. Not talking about, about that level. What I'm talking about today is that normal anxiety and stress and worry that so many of us feel, so many of us experience when it comes to this idea of money. And what I want to suggest today is that what happens when we worry about money is it keeps us from the abundant life that God has for us. And what I want to suggest today is that for those of us who are followers of Jesus, right, for those of us who call Jesus the Lord and Savior of our lives, that that it's possible Regardless of our financial situation, whether we have a lot or a little, it's possible to live our lives in a way where we are not worried about money. What if there is an antidote to worry? Throughout the series, we've looked at different places all throughout Scripture, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to spend time every week kind of leaning into some of the different ways Scripture talks about money and possessions. We haven't spent much time leaning into what Jesus says about money and possessions. You may wonder, what does Jesus have to say about it? Actually, quite a lot. And I want to look at just one passage today. If you have your Bibles or if you have the Version Bible app, I would love to invite you to open up to Luke chapter 12. Luke uh, wrote one of the Gospels. He, he talked as many eyewitnesses as he could find to learn all that he could about the life and ministry of Jesus. And he wrote down these stories and these teachings of Jesus. And in Luke 12, we have this incredible teaching of Jesus. And I want to share this with you today. Luke 12, I'm going to start in verse 22. Luke writes, turning to his disciples, Jesus said this, that is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. In other words, the abundant life that Jesus has for you and for me, it's, it's, got, it's got something to do with, with more than just food and clothing. We spend a lot of time trying to figure out what we're gonna eat and what we're gonna wear. Jesus says, let me give you some good news. The abundant life that I'm offering you, it's got so much more to do than just that. Jesus says, look at the ravens. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you, by the way, you need to know this. This is Jesus talking. You need to know you are far more valuable to him than any birds. 
Ravens, by the way, are scavengers. And God provides everything that they need. They are never in want. If he can do that, and if he does do that, which Jesus says our Father in heaven does, how much more, how much more will he take care of you? And then Jesus says, can all your worries, can they add a single moment to your life? And if, if worry can accomplish a simple thing, a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? What has worry ever done for you? What has is, what is worry ever added to your life, right? In God's economy, worry is a taker. It's not a giver. What does worry do? It takes things from us, right? And our enemy knows this. Our enemy knows that if he can get us to worry about things that we can't control, giving us the illusion that if we worry enough, maybe we can control them and then we would feel safe. Then we would feel protected. Then we would feel provided for. If we just worry hard enough, long enough, maybe we can have some of that feeling of safety and provision and protection. But the truth is, worry is a taker. Worry is not a giver. And our enemy knows this. Our enemy loves to seduce us into this trap of thinking, man, if you'll just worry long enough about this, But you know like I know, worry doesn't add anything to your life. Worry doesn't do anything for you. Worry is a taker, not a giver. So what if there's an antidote for worry? Jesus says in verse 27, look at the lilies. Can't you just imagine Jesus in this moment? In In my mind's eye, he's sitting on this hillside. We went to Israel a few years ago. We got to experience this. We're, we're sitting on a hillside. There's, there's, I, I just imagine Jesus here. The, the Sea of Galilee is behind him, right? There's water back there. There's some trees in the distance. And Jesus is on the hillside. At this point in his ministry, right, there's hundreds, maybe, maybe thousands of people gathered here to hear what he has to say. They want to they see what he's going to do next. They want to hear what he's going to say next. They're all gathered around. Jesus is, is giving them this teaching. And he says, look over here. See these lilies? Do you see these flowers? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They, they don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon, Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God, if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly, I want you to hear this. Jesus is leaning in, right? He will certainly take care of you. And then Jesus asks this question. He says, why do you have so little faith? And there it is. Jesus hints at it, doesn't he? He hints at the antidote for worry. It's got something to do with faith. And then he says this, verse 29. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of who? Of unbelievers all over the world. But your father, your father in heaven, he already knows all of your needs. And I want to take a quick time out there because I don't want you to miss this. Did you hear what Jesus just said? Worry dominates the thought life of the unbeliever. Wow. Worry dominates the thought life of the unbeliever. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Like, like you can be poor by the world's standards and not be dominated or consumed with worry about money or possessions or things or where your next meal is going to come from. But the reverse is also true. You can be rich by the world's standards, whatever standards you set up for wealth, and 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 you can be completely uber, you know, rich and be dominated by worry about money and possessions. The lie, the trap, the, 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 what we've all bought into is this belief, right? That if we just have more, if we can acquire more, if we can make more, if we can save more, then we'll be free. Free from what? Free from worry, right? But it's a trap. It's, it's a lie. It's some of the most wealthiest people in the world or some of the most miserable people in the world, right? Boy, there's some of the most stressed out people, some of the most anxious people, some of the people who are most afraid. Why? Because they're consumed, they're dominated with worry. Worry about what? Worry about their money. Worry about their possessions. Worry about what might happen if. Worry about the economy. Worry about this. Worry about that, right? It's a lie. It's an illusion. It's this idea, if we can just get more, attain more, have more, accumulate more, acquire more, then we don't have to worry, but it's just not true. We spend our lives trying to get into this place where we think if we just get this or get there, have this or have that, don't be fooled by the the nice new car or the, the beautiful new home. It's just an illusion. It's a trap. There's a story. I love stories like these. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you probably won't love the story as much as I do. That was proved true in the first gathering this morning. But I'm going to tell you the story anyway, and I'll see how you react. There's a story goes, there's a, a group of monks, and they're, uh, they're sitting together. They just finished their lunch. And uh, this farmer walks by, and man, he's stressed out. He's worried. He comes by, and he looks at this, this group of monks that have gathered. They just finished their meal. And the farmer says uh, to this group of monks, have you seen my cows? My cows got loose this morning. I can't find them anywhere. I don't know where they are. I've lost my cows. And, and the teacher for this little group of monks that have just finished eating their lunch looks up to the farmer and he says, I'm so sorry. Uh, we, we have not seen your cows. Well, the farmer, he's just, he's stressed out. I mean, he is just filled with anxiety and he's, he's worried to death. And he says, I, I, am, I have got to be the most miserable person on the planet. I, I can't find my cows. All 12 of my cows are gone. Not only that, I only had two acres to plant this year, but, but insects came and they, they devastated my crops. I mean, I've lost everything. The teacher looks up from the table and he says, sir, I'm so sorry. Just, you know, filled with, with compassion for the man. But he says, I'm so sorry, we haven't seen your cows. Maybe you should look for them somewhere else. Farmer goes off in all of his worry and anxiety and frustration and fear. And the teacher looks at his students who have gathered around him now. And he says, do you know that you are the happiest people on the planet? You don't have any cows to lose. That was a much better response right there than I ever got this morning. Thank you. I thought it was a great story. It's a great story. Why? Because it's a reminder, right, that we think the more we have, the happier we'll be. But what if it's the opposite? What if the accumulation and the acquisition of all these things is actually an obstacle to the happiness and the life that we're all searching for and we truly seek? What if we could learn the art of releasing our cows? What if we could learn the art of living with open hands and open hearts so that we are truly free 
to experience the life that God has invited us into. You see, this is the way of Jesus. He invites us to step into what he called the abundant life. And it's this idea that if we could live our lives, living our lives in such a way that that we truly are free. It's got something to do with faith. It's got something to do with letting go. And then Jesus says this in the very next verse, in verse 31. He says, seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And he will give you everything you need. Did you hear that word? What does our father in heaven do? Our father in heaven will give you. He is a giver. Is he trying to hold on to the kingdom? No, he's wanting to give it away to people just like you and me. Jesus says, don't be afraid, little flock. Jesus, the good shepherd says, don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to what? To give you the kingdom. Our father in heaven is a giver. He wants to give us the kingdom. And knowing this about your father in heaven, it makes complete sense that the very next thing Jesus would say is this, because he wants you to be just like your father in heaven. Jesus says next, so sell your possessions. Give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And by the way, the purses of heaven, they never get old. They never develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Because wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wow. So what king? In what kingdom do you seek above all else? What king and what kingdom do you seek above all else? Because chances are the kingdom you serve will, will reveal the king of your heart. What Jesus says is seeking first, striving for, not the things of this world, but striving for, seeking first, seeking above all else the kingdom of heaven. Seeking first, above all else, the king of kings. That leads to this life that you and I are searching for, that you and I are looking for, that you and I are longing for. Our biggest temptation because of the culture we live in, the place we live, the prosperity we enjoy, is to spend our lives building up our own little worlds, building up our own little kingdoms, and trying to be the kings and the queens of our own little kingdoms and our own little worlds. But Jesus says, that's way too small a thing to live for. Let me give you something bigger to live for. Live for the king of kings. Live for the kingdom that is above every other kingdom, the kingdom of heaven and life in this kingdom. Let me tell you, it's a life free of worry. It's a life full of faith. It's a life where you can let go of what you have so you can take hold of what God has for you. It's a life of seeking first the kingdom of heaven. What's the antidote for worry? It's got something to do with faith. It's got something to do with letting go. And it's got something to do with seeking above all else, the kingdom of God. And here's the thing. This is another way that Jesus takes this world and he just flips it upside down. You see, when we give, you know what happens when we give? When we give, we declare who is king and who is not. 
When we give, we demonstrate that, that money has a role to play in our lives, but the pursuit of money is not the purpose of our life. And I'll be honest, from the very beginning, that was the heart behind this idea of doing a capital campaign. Yeah, yeah, yes, let's be honest. Let's put all of our cards on the table. We had some financial goals. There were some things we wanted to do and we want to accomplish, and they are still there. But above and beyond any of that, the heart of our leadership for this church was that we would grow in faith. That we would learn that by letting go, we could take hold of this abundant life that God has for us. That we could seek first the King of Kings and seek first the kingdom of heaven. And that's why uh, we've said all along, no gift is too small. We just want everyone to lean in together, give together so we can see what God can do in and through us if we make room for him to move. So this morning, we wanna do that in a very special way. The church, if you would, go ahead and let's, let's stand together. And I wanna go ahead and invite our elders down to the front of the room. And in just a moment, Zach, Chad, Chris, D-Mac are gonna lead us in another song. And as they do, I wanna invite everyone in the room to move, right? I wanna invite everyone in the room and families, I want you to do this together. Come down, if you have a card, I wanna invite you to turn that card into one of these shepherds, one of the shepherds of our church. They'll take that, they'll collect those. If, uh, if uh, you were a part of the early commitment group, feel free to bring a blank card. We, we got it, we know what you've done and we th- we're so thankful for your generosity. If, if you are, again, if you're a guest here, feel free, you can stay where you are if you'd like, but feel free to come down and meet one of our shepherds and just give a handshake and a hug. They would love to meet you and greet you this morning. We just wanna have a moment of fellowship, give hugs, give handshakes, high fives, whatever you like. But let's make a move in faith together. And let's see what happens when we lean in faith, in love, asking and praying for God to do in us and through us infinitely more than we could ask, dream, or imagine. Would you come and would you give your offerings and your gifts as we sing this song?